Welcome to the RSM Talk Big podcast, helping you invest well, understand money and achieve the best tax outcomes. Your hosts today are Andrew Sykes, Chris Oates and Young Han. Hey everybody and welcome to the RSM Talk Big podcast. This is our podcast where we talk to you about how to save, invest and protect your wealth. So we'll unpick a few ideas and welcome to the new year everyone. I'm joined by uh, our regular host Young Han. Hi everyone. And Chris Oates. G'day everyone. Uh, Welcome to it guys and how was the break? Yeah, wasn't it good to get that little bit of time off? It's I think everybody enjoyed it. Everybody deserved it. 2022 was a tough year. It was a big year for us. And what do you think business is talking about in the new year, Young? Well, with the interest has just gone up and everyone just, you know, thinking that 2023 is going to be really difficult. But at the same time, people, you know, out of the COVID um, unusual conditions. So there are more people that actually are saying that my business is actually booming. So it really depends on what industry you are in and whether you have actually planned for this or not. Yeah, and we will say that uh, this year is bringing new challenges and opportunities for small business. The team at RSM have gotten together and produced a report, and it's on those trends. So our Talk Big report, and it's all about eight trends affecting small businesses in 2023. And they're looking at how fast the world is changing and what's important for business leaders to reflect on business owners in their strategy and what we think is going to change. So I reckon today we just have a chat through those trends and we talk about how they're going to impact on small business. That's that's really nice. And I think if you know what's happening and then if you can think back on your business, it's no longer becoming a challenge. It's going to be an opportunity for you. Yep. And we think, our team reckons, that the eight big trends are going to be wage compliance, what's happening in that. This has been really big in the in the news. And this is about paying employees, right? Getting it right. Data privacy, we saw that blew up at the end of last year. That's going to continue. The digital wave and digital business, how that's changing. Tie that in with a bit of data is is trend number four. And I think we'll cover those off in this episode. But in our next episode, we want to also then talk about cybersecurity, the continued impact of staff shortages and, and the challenges of attracting and retaining staff. Talking about cash flow, very relevant with your comment on um, interest rates there, Young. And virtual CFO, how we can start actually ease some of all of those Um, trends and flow them into getting a virtual CFO and what we see happening with those. So I reckon let's break it down a little bit. Wage compliance. Chris, what are you you seeing there, mate? Well, I think the wage compliance, it ties in with the other trends as you're sort of going more and more digital and it's so much easier for it to be tracked now to make sure wages are being paid, staff are getting what they should, your superannuation contributions. So it's really important now that businesses are on top of it. 
And everyone probably know and have heard of single touch payroll. They're saying that the second phase is rolling out. So what this one does is actually um, the ATO is going to get all the information as to what kind of wages you paid and, you know, their leave tracking and everything else so that it becomes more transparent for the uh, employee as well as the employer and the ATO. Um, the other thing is that, you know, it depends on what which industry you are in, your award is going to be changed again. So you have to make sure that each year, 1st of July, that's usually when it changes, to make sure that you're paying your employees right. Yeah, and it's a really good point. And it's single-touch payroll sort of cut crept up on a lot of business owners and they didn't understand the implications. But if you look back on it, if we went back a few years ago, you would report your obligations by employee once a year. You'd just do your reconciliation. Now it's every pay run, isn't it? That's correct. And then also it's actually um, relevant to your closely held employees, like in other words, your family members. So a lot of businesses used to, you know, done their year return and then, oh, okay, this is how much wages we want to pay to my family member. That's not no longer possible. You, you're going to have to have them on the book and you have to include them in the regular pay run so that even though the money was paid to your fa- family members or yourself as a uh, working director, it's still included and treated fairly as if it was the business paying a third party. And that's what we've, so from the financial planning, talking to people about their superannuation if you sometimes if you work for a small business, if the cash flow wasn't there, if it's cyclical income, that you might not get your super contributions until a bit later in the year. But single touch payroll has changed that where you can now see that regular payment coming in. So people are getting their retirement, all their retirement money as, as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you own your own business and you've been an employee, as you said, young, you were always the, your super was always the last to get paid. But now it's making sure that people are still in your own business, but still make that compulsory saving. And talking about that super guarantee as well, it's been changed. So what's the rate for the 23 financial year now? So we're at 10.5%. So what what your gross income is, if it's 50,000, if it's 100,000, it's 10.5%. And also it's important to check that what your contract actually says because a lot of employers not intentionally doesn't, doesn't want to pay their employees properly. It's just thinking it's been changed and what's the implication, you know, it needs to be happened in your system because sometimes people think that, well, it's just a taking up more into super. No, it depends on how your contract is drafted. It might just saying that it's extra cost to your business that you have to pay on top of your, your salary. That's very right. And when we talk wage compliance, that's what we... Because what we really mean is understanding what you should be paying your employees for the time that they work for you, including all the allowances, the superannuation. Long and service leave. Long service leave, annual leave, personal leave, all the entitlements under the modern uh, Fair Work Act, um, under their awards, under any individual contracts. Uh, there is so much information available now and uh, employees themselves uh, take more care to understand what their super is, what they're entitled to, what their awards should be. So you have a much more informed uh, employee base. Right. So you've got to get it right. So so what, do you, what happens, Chris, if we don't get it right? Well, the... So the ATO, as I said, it can track it down. The, the penalties that will be involved uh, in it 
So that'll be the directors of the business. The business owners are the ones liable for it. That's right. And and it, and we've seen some businesses actually gone um, insolvent because they couldn't actually pay for those obligations. So when, when I mean by obligation, there's super guarantee and the PAYG withheld. So you're supposed to withheld that money, put aside, so that when you lodge your business activity statement every quarter or monthly, you're supposed to pay that to the ATO. But some of the businesses just didn't put that money aside and they didn't pay um, at the end, you know, some of the business couldn't actually pay back and, and they're gone insolvent. And those those liabilities can become personal liabilities of the directors. And I think if we have a look at it, one of the key things is not just the regulatory part, it's the impact on your business. And we've seen businesses shamed publicly and there's they've been uh, accused of wage theft. So it's gone beyond just cutting a few corners to now it's viewed as wage theft. So a really important area. And in terms of trends, we're going to see increased compliance from the ATO and we're going to see increased scrutiny from employees themselves coming back and saying, hey, you're not paying me right and you need to fix it. That really reflects on modern business. We have the systems and processes available there to get things right. As business owners, we need to make sure they're right, don't we? That's correct. Okay, so trend number two, data privacy. Data is uh, really blew up at the end of last year. That's uh, right. Various scandals. Yeah, so um, data breach is, is serious and especially, um, you know, a lot of organisation last year was the Optus and the Medibank, um, you know, they had a, the data breach and a lot of uh, confidential info, individual personal information was leaked and the impact of that was quite significant. Um, you know, there's a, a significant penalty as well. Do you, Chris, do you, have you heard about what we're looking at in 2023? So they, well, the penalty has changed and it's increased massively. So it used to be about $2.2 million maximum penalty for, but if it can be repeated offences, could can actually, it's now $50 million and that's the minimum for it. So it could be $50 million, could be three times what the actual, I suppose, the burden is for on people, or if you can't work it out, it could be up to 30% of your turnover. So... So these are really big penalties. And I understand we've been advised that the government's conducting a review of the Privacy Act, which is likely to result in even stronger mandates around that collection of only necessary data um, and keep it only as long as necessary. So as well as having penalties, our actual burden of keeping data is going to get a lot more expensive, isn't it? As businesses, we're going to have to... Uh, be more careful about how we store it. And if we get it wrong, I mean, 30% of your turnover is a big amount. Oh, definitely. It's, that's, can, be more, can be more than your profit. That uh, can definitely wipe you out for a year, couple of years, uh, depending on what your business and how you're travelling. Yeah. So who's responsible for the data breach? Well, business owners are. Um, even though, and even if you're using another agency to collect data on your behalf, it's still going to be uh, the data that you use and that you collect it. So if it's my customer and I go and pay someone to look after the data, I'm still responsible? I can still get fined? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So be careful. There's a lesson there is be careful of who you use uh, to store your data. And that's going to be one of the key trends, isn't it, is having a look at, at how we actually curate this data. Um, I, I, I think personally for me, if I was a 
small business owner that had data, I, I'd want to not keep it. If I could, I'd want to use it and then destroy it. Or take, not keep it. take away the risk to the business. If you haven't got it, if you've probably got rid of it, then you don't have that risk there. And that's why, why saying that just collect the data that you actually need. And then once you used it, you need to safely destroy that. And also, um, if you are going to be keep it on your database for whatever the reason could be easily because of the marketing purpose, then you need to have the right infrasystem and the security of it. Yeah. And doesn't that tie in with the uh, wage compliance as well? If we're looking at underlying trends on both of those, um, the government's out there with a the big stick for getting it wrong but and, and there's fines and penalties. But probably the bigger damage is, is reputation and damage to your business. Well, you look at Optus, everybody still talks about it. Every, the Medibank, it's they're the big businesses, so they're the ones that are in the news. But if you're a local small business and people know you, you'll know Joe Bloggs down the street. He'll know somebody else. She'll know somebody else. All of a sudden, you're the person that's leaked everybody's data and nobody wants wants to deal with you. And they talk about it. So this is not just a big business problem, is it? No. no, no longer a big business problem. And it's not something that, oh, yeah, it's nice to consider it. You have to consider it because it could become a big problem. And and the, the statistics actually says that, you know, if you, you happen to have those cases, a lot of small business, more than 60% won't survive from, from such incident because of those impact on your business. So hang on. So you're saying that more than one in two businesses are going out of business when they have a, a data breach. Yeah, they, they just don't have the capacity or the resources to um, recover from the damage. Okay. Well. Wow, that's, that's, I think we're all a bit speechless at that. That's, that's a lot of damage. So it's worthwhile getting in front of this, isn't it? And, and just getting a data specialist to review where you're at. And it doesn't matter the size of the business. So conducting that comprehensive review and trying to determine where the leaks are yeah, like other things we do in business, we go and get insurance, we make sure of our work health and safety. Uh, this is just another area we need to manage in business. And more importantly, we when we're talking about data privacy, we only talk about <clears throat> the actual security, but it's also what the people involved in the business and how we actually educate them is really important because, you know, especially I work with a lot of doctors and then um, in the medical practice, sometimes a patient call and then they want to confirm their name, their birth and address. And then if you repeat it over the phone in front of everybody else who's waiting in the waiting room, that is a privacy breach. Yeah, so it's how you're treating the data when you've got it. I, I know I, I uh, rang up a company the other day and I had to pay with my credit card and the, the lady was really good on the other end and she said, just hang on, we've got an automated service and she didn't take my credit card details. I typed it in on my phone into their system and they didn't even store them. So they took the payment did it over the phone, typed in, don't keep the, the data. Tell you what, that company knows what they're doing. Yeah, and I, I was pretty impressed with that. And and when when companies now, and I think this is a trend that's going to impact on businesses, when, when companies ask me now for, you know, what you said, you know, date of birth, address, et cetera, I'm going, oh, what do you need that for? Exactly, yes. <laughs> so dealing with your customers, and I think being really conscious and, and upfront with your customers and having a strategy can actually add to your business and your reputation. 
So it's not only the the fear of getting it right is maybe there's some upside in in getting, um, or sorry, the fear of getting it wrong. Maybe there's upside in getting it right. And people will talk about it if you your experience. You're saying, yep, I've had this experience. Here's who they were. People, people will go there. Again, yeah. if we know the issues to be addressed and if you got the right actions in place, it's opportunity for you. Yeah, and you can, uh, just a reminder to everyone listening, you can get more information on these trends by reading our report. Uh, head to the RSM uh, website, rsm.com.au. Have a look at there under Talk Big and it's our uh, top, top trends for 2023 report, which we have just released. So the third uh, trend we wanted to, to have a bit of a talk about was that digital business. I mean, digital business, so we've been talking about this for years. Is there still momentum? Are we still, is it still a top trend? Well, isn't it a part of our life now? I don't think there is a, not many business actually left that doesn't have online shop. No, oh, but even not a, only online shop, by the end of 2022, most businesses had some form of remote working in place. Well, I was reading articles the other day. There's businesses that don't even have offices anymore because people can just work from home. They can travel to see clients or who they need to. So that's been, well, since COVID came in, there was a lot of businesses that were probably a bit slow to the mark that had to make the move. It's changed the world and how people, people operate. And that's probably the trend for 2023, isn't it? Is that we've, we've now implemented these work from home and change work practices. It's, it's potentially now, okay, how do we reduce our costs? Um, so maybe we don't maintain full offices for all our workers. Maybe we say, well, let's get rid of some space. Let's look at ways that we can actually maximise the benefits. Yeah. Now that it's become the norm. Yeah, and, and also I guess the digital business started with the business with a customer relationship and that's well, you know, moved to an online business. Now with the COVID, it's the within the business how people operate and how they interact and that becoming digital. So if you're looking at the whole um, cycle or the, 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 the supply chain to the customer, it becoming all like, you know, the entire process becoming online and which means that, you know, it just every Everything ties in together. Your, you know, data privacy, your cyber security, um, how things are working, how payments are made, um, automation, you know, digital payment, and everything else just, you know, falls in part. Yeah, and I, I mean, we're accountants. Well, Chris is not; he's a financial planner. But young, you and I are accountants, and what accountants love to do, we like to save money. I think this is the year where businesses actually start working on integrated systems. So before we were quite happy to uh, access an application and you would go in and log in and you close that down and go and access another one. Like a different silos, different just having silos. five or six different apps running, yep. but they don't talk to each other. Yeah, and now I think it's it's a year for things like single sign-on where you just sign in once, you access everything, all your systems integrate and talk to each other. And you start actually saving and reducing costs by having integrated systems. So, so maybe some of the promises technology has been making about eliminating unnecessary costs and um, boosting human efficiency, yeah. human error. Maybe this is a year we're going to start seeing that as a strong trend. And becomes paperless 
the whole process, there won't be, you know, like when you're talking about account payable and receivable, there's no more of the sent invoice printed out, scanning in, and someone approve it and, and you know, scan that in and then make someone payment. Yeah. But that's where you need your digital advisor to come in and say, hey, I can get that to hook bit of software or that process to talk to the other process. We can have uh, single entry, so we're not entering multiple data. Um, we're not using spreadsheets to reconcile. Everything's just flowing through. That's right. And then I think it's a, it, the, the biggest thing that you need to remember about the digital business, it's not about the actual system change. It's a change management of the people behavior. So that's why you want to engage a, a professional um, to actually look at your process and then um, implement the right tools because there are so many apps and tools available f- to address the issue that you want to address. But it really depends on what your business is about, what's the priority, how the people work, and that's going to drive how what, what is the right way of choosing the right tools. And if you've got the right tools and your business is operating efficiency, efficiently, as Andrew, you said, save money, but it actually gives you the chance to work on your business. So that might be being able to pick up some extra clients or go out and do a bit of extra work. If everything's working in the background for you and everything's talking to each other, you're not there trying to type everything in five times. And you know what the biggest um, strengths or uh, the advantage of that is the real-time data, which which yep. links to the data insight that we want to talk uh, about. Yeah, it's real-time data. It does link into that. But I will say if you implement digital well, on your point, Young, it's actually about people and it's about making people's workplace better, their job better, more efficient because you're not doing mundane, boring tasks. That's right. So digital is about people first and foremost. So getting that transfer, I love how you, you touched on the change uh, management part of it is work with people, change people, keep a focus that business is always about people and use the digital to make them uh, their lives better. And that, that means that this such a change shouldn't be coming from the top to bottom. It's actually getting everyone involved in the process. Even in RSM, we actually gone through this uh, workshop with all the employees, telling them what, what kind of digital strategy we're looking at, what kind of changes we want. We're open to everybody to put in, you know, their opinions, their experience, which makes the nice strategy that works, you know, by everybody else. And also, you know, that they get the buy-in of the stakeholders that who's actually going to use it every day. Yeah. And our fourth trend is data, as you touched on. What, what do you mean by data? What are, what are we looking, what does digital do for data? I think the, the very basic data um, digital journey started with um, Bankfeed. So we, as an accountant, we no longer need to import or data entry the bank statement that's 12 month old. We know that what the business did yesterday based on the cash that actually came into the bank account and how the money actually been spent for what expenses and what kind of jobs that they're doing. So as a business advisor, what that gives us is that we know the challenges and the cash flows of the business that's happening now, not 12 months ago. It lets you make the make that key decision when you want to rather than wait till year end and look at, okay, well, what happened last year and go, what do we want to do this year? You can actually adjust your strategy as you need to during the year. Yeah, so, so getting all of your data into one spot and it's relevant and it's accurate 
and then we can get some AI. Uh, who's who's played with Chat GPT? Yeah, isn't it? You, you ask it a question, gives you the answer. I love Chat GPT. I, I think it's fantastic, and um, uh, personally, I think that's you know we saw that released in November, I think it was last year, uh, took off straight away. And this is only the start of it. I don't think we uh, yet understand how beneficial that kind of um, AI assistance will be in business. It's just going to get more better because the machine learning, it's going to get more information in. And I'm not saying that it's it's not accurate, but there are some things that the answers were not accurate, but it's the start of the new norm and it's just going to get smarter. And it can point you in the right direction to look further because you think about how much time have we all spent searching for an answer online, whereas if you, you, you use the AI gives you the general information that you might be looking for and it means that you can really narrow your search for that more in depth. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think AI is going to do everything for us. I'm not in that camp, but I certainly think it's a great tool. And as I said before about being an accountant, I, I love to see value creation. And part of value creation is removing low value, mundane, boring tasks out of business. You go to your AI and, and ask it to type in a, yeah write a quick email to a customer and it'll do all of that for you in seconds. What well, might take you 10 or 20 minutes or half an hour to do. Um, really interesting though, if you, if you get com, start combining these trends and you get your digital right, which means you have good data, you can actually start combining it with external data as well. Uh, weather, um, uh, whatever, uh, uh, economic data, whatever you can see, all can, can combine and then um, you can use that in in your own analysis rather than just the data you produce. Yeah, so if you're in a business that has the capability to actually understand what the data means and collecting all the data, make the right combination and producing a new outcome or a result, that's the key strength of your business, makes your business stand out from others. And a lot of we've seen a lot of tech business actually tapping into R&D tax incentives and all different um, benefits because they know what the data actually means or what they can actually do or the potential, you know, um, commercial benefits of those using, utilising that. Yeah, imagine doing something like uh, I'm, I'm a cafe owner who has a large outdoor cafe area and I tie in my sales data, the weather data and my uh, payroll rostering system to say, to work out, okay, well, it's going to be raining all weekend this weekend. I can put less staff on. Yeah, that's right. Or so, more stuff. All at the click of a button. Too. All at the click yeah. of a button and that AI predictive capability. So uh, hopefully we're going to start seeing that coming through in business. I will say, though, this, like any other trend, needs to be driven by the business. So data needs a data champion who will not only use the data but work out how you can implement it and in your remember, business. And remember, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So it does take time and investment from the business to, to start um, accessing any one of the trends that we've just spoken about. And as Young, you said that it is, it's from bottom up, you need everybody involved. You can't just say one or two people are going to run this and it'll work. You really do need to have everybody in your business yep. on the same page. And adopting all of these trends is a part of maturing your business over 2023. And I think after a couple of really hard years with the pandemic, a bit more fun in business. 
Yeah. I think we can all look forward to that and changing and evolving in a different direction. Well, guys, I'm really glad we split this into two episodes because we're out of time for today. So encourage all of our listeners, uh, look out for part two of our top uh, trends in 2023. Uh, this is the RSM Talk Big uh, team and thank you for, for listening encourage you to subscribe and maybe get a couple of your friends to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform uh, my name's Andrew Sykes, thank you very much for listening and thanks from the team Thank you Thanks. Talk Big Create, Save and Protect with RSM <laughs>